Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Well, it's a privilege to be here this morning. My name's Eleanor, and uh, in case I'm new to you, uh, I am the missions development pastor from Gateway, one of, I think there's like 23 pastors, is that right, Dave? Something like that. So I won't be offended if you don't know who I am, you can go, oh, another pastor from Gateway. So surprise, here I am. I'm the latest uh, addition to the family of pastors at Gateway, but uh, as Dave uh, mentioned earlier, I've uh, stepped off the mission field after 28 years. So uh, I got saved in Holland Park Baptist back in 1985. That was today Gateway Baptist. And uh, I was in my final year at university and uh, was discipled through Gateway and then sent out as a missionary back in 1991. Now, you all look relatively more mature in this room. Was there anyone not even born in 1991? Let me see. Oh, Dave, stop it. That's called denial. Don't even know I am lying. Denial. (laughs) But uh, so I I spent my first four years in Holland. I often tell people working in the red light district, but that doesn't sound very appropriate. Ministering in the red light district of Amsterdam and uh, then with drug addicts and uh, our commercial sex workers that were working in that industry, which was quite uh, an education to say the least. And then uh, went to Bible college here in Brisbane, then was in Switzerland. I had the privilege of being based in our main European uh, headquarters for Youth With A Mission with our training centre there. And uh, then ended up in India in 2004 and was working in India up until uh, recently. So I'm just very new to the pastoral ministry. You know, these people like Dave and Jason Ellsmore and others, they make it look so easy. Let me tell you, it's not, it's not. But uh, I'm very appreciative to be here this morning and to be with you all. I've spent uh, several years here in uh, this part of Brisbane as a primary school teacher in Kingston and Woodridge. So I'm very familiar with this part of Brisbane. I say it was my preparation ground for missions. So be careful, some of you. Well, this morning I want to continue our preaching series as we've been looking at return. So in the last weeks, we've looked at return and rebuild, return and rejoice, return and repent. And this morning we're going to look at return and remain. And I'm going to use a very familiar passage this morning. Let me read it from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And Father, this morning as we come before you, we recognise that unless you by your Spirit open our spiritual eyes and ears, Father, we'll just listen to Eleanor preach and that will be so sad. So we ask, Holy Spirit, would you anoint, speak, touch our hearts and minds this morning? Father, would you be the one who challenges who who encourages, who convicts. We say, Holy Spirit, come in this place. Come with your word that penetrates between bone and marrow. And we come against any distractions of the enemy in Jesus' name and in his authority. And we set our eyes towards you. We thank you that you will speak to us this morning. In your precious name, amen. And Jesus does want to speak to us this morning. We know that he was the master discipler. He was the master teacher, the rabbi. And for three years of effective ministry, we saw time and time again that Jesus used very practical, everyday items to explain to people who he was things that people were familiar with. He used them to illustrate very spiritual uh, truths that he was wanting to teach them. And we see that throughout the Gospels, and particularly in the Gospel of John. Jesus refers to very practical things to illustrate spiritual truths. And so we see that throughout this Gospel. He says in John, I am the bread of life. Bread, the thing that sustains us. He then says, I am the light of the world, the one who illuminates the way before us. I am the door, the door that we walk through that makes a way. He says, I am the good shepherd, the one who leads you. I am the resurrection and the life, the one who gives life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one that is truth. He is the one that is the way. And in this passage, we see another I am. He says, I am the true vine. Now, If you're like me, you read that and you go, what the heck is he talking about? I am the true vine. What we need to understand is Jesus is referring to symbolic imagery that we see throughout the scriptures referring to the children of Israel. 
the nation of Israel. And we see that they are often referred to as the vine. Have a look at Isaiah chapter 5. I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and he planted it with the choicest of vines. He built a watchtower in it and he cut out a wine press as well. And then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard that I have done for it? When I look for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. And I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel, and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. Delighted in. So we see in this passage where Jesus says, I am... I am the door, I am the light, I am the shepherd, I am, I am, I am. He says, I am the true vine. And so what we see is what Jesus essentially is is turning to his disciples and saying, using a figure of speech to point out a truth about who he was. He was saying where the nation of Israel, this symbolic imagery of the vine, where it produced only bad fruit, where it didn't represent who God was to the nations around them, where they failed to produce the fruit that they were called to produce. Jesus said, I have come, I am the true vine. If you see me, you see the Father. I am the exact representation of the Father. He says, I am the one that through my branches, you, you are the branches, we will produce good fruit. As we remain in him, as we partner with him, we produce good fruit, because you and I are the branches. And, you know, that's what I want to talk about this morning. As we remain in him, we produce good fruit as the branches. So remaining, being connected, abiding in the vine is what produces the good fruit. Now, you and I, as followers of Jesus, we know that the Scriptures talk about the good fruit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Let's give it a go. Come on, what are they? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. You and I, when we are followers of Jesus, we go, okay, I know I have to produce Good fruit. I need a bit of love. 
need a bit of patience. I need a bit of kindness. I need a bit of self-control. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling a bit constipated now. I'm going to squeeze it out. Clench my butt cheeks. Oh, a bit of love, a bit of kindness, a bit of self-control. Am I allowed to say that, Dave? I'm sorry. Constipation? I don't know. In a church service? Sorry. You know, like somehow we have to do something. Surely we've got to do something to produce good fruit. So let me illustrate it. Would you mind being my helper? Come on up here. It's not a magic trick. It's here I happen to have a vine. Jesus says, I am the vine, we are the branches. So here's a, we have to do this from a socially uh, distance area. All right, there's the vine. So I happen to have a couple of pieces of fruit here, a bit of uh, love, a bit of joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. Okay, we've got to produce this, you know. So often what we do is, okay, I've got to, Got to be more loving. Got to be more kind. I got to, you know, somehow do something to produce this good fruit. So I know what I'll do. I'll pray more, or I'll 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 read more books on how to be more loving. And so, kind of what we do, if you could just kind of attach this banana to my vine, is we go, okay, I'll. I'll it's like this. I'll I'll get some strategies or principles on how to be more loving or patient or kind with my husband or my children or my workplace and I'll kind of, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to do it socially distant. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of attach it with my own efforts. There we go, God, look at that. Bit of love, bit of patience. Oh, how about a bit of peace, you know, COVID-19, I need a bit of peace, feeling a bit fearful. Uh, patience, yeah, I need a bit of that, especially working at Gateway. All right, so... Uh, I'll uh, read a few more books and have uh, Dave Marrow Morrow pray for me, you know, do a few more things. There we go. Woo! Bit of patience, bit of joy, bit of love this morning. Yes, feeling good. Thank you very much. And that's, that's kind of what we do. But in this passage, Jesus is not talking about something that we need to do in our own effort. He's not talking about stuff that we need to do more or try harder. Or Jesus is simply talking about if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will not only bear fruit, much fruit. In other words, it's simple. You remain in me and I remain in you. How do we remain? I don't know. If I was a branch, I remain. I'm connected. Now, in this passage, it talks about in verse 2, it says, He cuts off, in the NIV, every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now, if you look at the Greek Meaning for the word NIV says cuts off. That word is actually ere. I'm not sure how you pronounced it. Ere is how I'm pronouncing it. That word actually means he lifts up. 
or he takes away. He lifts up every branch in me that bears no fruit. NIV, that's actually not a very good translation by saying cuts off. Cuts off sounds very dramatic. I cut you off, you know, and cast you into the fire. It's, it's very harsh. Now, I told you I lived in Switzerland. It's a hard life being a missionary. Oh, somebody's got to do it, living in Switzerland for seven years. Do I feel, do you feel my pain? Do you feel my suffering for Jesus? Living near Geneva, on the lake, near the vineyards of uh, Switzerland. But I had many opportunities to go to the vineyards, but I did not partake of the vine because I'm a missionary and a pastor. <laughs> Dave, take note. But uh, this I can tell you from being in many vineyards. The vine dresser or the gardeners, they go through the vineyards every winter and they lift up the branches of the, that are coming off the vine. They lift up the branches that are on the ground and they lift them up and place them on the wire trellises. You know how vineyards have all those wires the reason they lift up the branches of the vine that are growing on the ground is because when branches are left to, to just grow along the ground at their own uh, choosing, what happens is they put out little branches off the branches into the soil and they start to form their own roots into the soil. But the problem is when the branches are lying on the ground, their roots can only go in a very shallow amount of soil. And so in a vineyard, what happens is these branches lying on the ground with very shallow roots produce very bitter grapes or hardly any fruit whatsoever. Because why? They can't get enough nourishment with very shallow roots in the soil. And so a vine dresser goes through the vineyard and he lifts up the branches and places them back on the trellises so that they draw their sustenance, they draw their life, they draw their nutrients from the vine itself because the vine has very deep roots. The vine is deeply rooted in the soil. And that's the analogy that Jesus was bringing his disciples, that he's bringing you and I, that you and I are not to, to let out these shallow roots in other sources to draw nutrient, to draw life, to draw what we think is needed so that I can produce more patience, more joy, more love. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna read these books and do these things and I'm gonna do more and fast more and pray more and me, 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 I'm doing, doing, doing so that I can produce instead of simply, I just remain in you, Father, in the vine because you are the one that is deeply rooted. And when I'm connected and abiding and remaining in you, I draw my nutrients not from what I do, not from the alternative sources where we try and draw this fruit from. Things like, I don't know, 
going to church more or, or somehow reading more books or maybe I'm drawing nourishment from the bank account, that my money that I have in the bank. Maybe I'm drawing my sustenance from my husband or my wife or, or from my relationships or from my title or my profession or the respect I garner because of my role that I carry where we look to alternative sources to draw life from, Jesus says we are to remain in him. And that's the amazing thing about this passage. When we look at this passage, the words remain in, remain in, we see it not one time, not two times, we see it eight times in these eight verses. Eight times Jesus is trying to get it through our heads, the disciples' heads. Remain in, remain in, remain in me and you will bear much fruit. It's not I have to do more, I have to try more. As a matter of fact, later on in verse 16, Jesus says, In this passage, chapter 15, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Do you know you have been chosen? You have been chosen to do what? I'm going to squeeze out a bit of love. No, to bear much fruit as you remain in me. It sounds so simple, so simple. And it is remaining, abiding in him, not doing more for Jesus, but simply trusting in him, resting in him. You did not choose me. When I was 21 years of age, I got saved. I wasn't looking for Jesus. I was happily living my pagan life in a relationship, drinking, partying, you know, the time of my life. He reached in and took hold of me. And he said, Eleanor, I have come to give you life life abundant, remain, stay connected, draw from me, remain in me, hang out in me because I am the one you will draw life from, not from other sources. You know, so many of us, when it comes to Jesus, we don't see him as a true vine that we just simply hang out in, in connection to. We often see Jesus as what is often called the WD-40 duct tape combination pack. With WD-40 and duct tape, this is a missionary's uh, major uh, fix-it-anything toolbox. With WD-40 and duct tape, you can fix anything. Squeaking light, broken door, carpet, you name it. This is your fix-it things. Well, this is how a lot of us see Jesus. Jesus is how we fix things. You want to fix your marriage? Jesus. You want to fix a broken relationship? 
Jesus. You want to fix getting a job? Jesus. You want to get healed? Jesus. Now, yes, that's all true. But Jesus is not the fix it. Jesus is not the means to the end. The end being a better marriage, the end being healing, the end being whatever it is we're after. Jesus says, no, I am the goal. I am the treasure in which you sell all that you have in order to buy the field. I am the pearl of great price. I am the goal, the treasure, all that you need. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Remain in me. Be rooted in me. Be attached in me. And so many of us try and root ourselves to religion or root ourselves to doing more or root ourselves in these shallow shallow roots that we will never draw the nutrients from. Jesus says, root yourself in me. In this passage, one of the things that I really believe roots us to abide in Him is when we make time in a day-by-day basis to say, okay, Father, I can't do it. It's not about me doing more, but it's me abiding in You, resting in You, a place of intimacy, a place of just like a float tank. I just, I'm in you. I draw life from you. And this is just a practical thing that has really stood out to me in this last probably six months. I downloaded an app, an app on my phone called the One Minute Pause by John Aldridge. And all it is is one minute a day. I can set an alarm on my phone that goes off to remind me, remain in him. Rest in Him, just for one minute. And we're just going to listen to that just now. Let's, let's just close our eyes. I give eyes. everyone and everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you, God. I give myself to you, Jesus, for union with you. I am created for union with you, God. I give everything in me for union with you, Lord. I need more of you, God. Fill me with more of you. That's good. That's enough for now. That's good. That's enough for now. I root myself in you. I remain in you. I still my heart and posture myself in you. And in this passage, we see that every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You know, I have a lemon tree at home. You'll see a photo of it. It uh, had this uh, wasp 
wasp infection where they planted, uh, they deposited seeds in my lemon tree. And every time it would produce lemons, honestly, they were like little rock pellets um, that, to be honest, if you threw it at something, it would probably break the rock. It was just these little rock lemons. So my brother, who's a gardener, he said to me, Eleanor, you need to prune this lemon tree. So this one day, I was just sick of it. I got there with my pruners and I just, I just, in Jesus' name, I didn't really say in Jesus' name, but I just cut those branches off, yeah? Because I was sick and tired of this lemon tree. My brother, my housemate came home and went, oh my gosh, you did not prune that tree. You killed it. You just, you took it back to nothing, yeah? But you know what? Over time, that little lemon tree, it just blossomed and the photo you see was just taken a few days ago. It just grew into this amazing, uh, healthy lemon tree. I'm just trusting it's going to produce some lemons this season. But that's the thing with pruning. In this passage, it says he cuts off every branch that produces no fruit. You know, in a vineyard, when the vine dresser goes through the vineyard every year, they dramatically prune back the branches so that it actually only ends up with two uh, branches left that can, can sprout new buds to produce grapes. And that's the thing with pruning. When the gardener prunes, he's not more close to the vine than when he prunes. And no matter how painful it feels, when you're pruning, it can seem so healthy and so full of life. And that's where we go, well, God, I don't understand it. Why are you cutting things off that seem so healthy? But just like with my lemon tree, the father often wants to prune, and these are so blunt because I've used them so much on that poor lemon tree, the father wants to prune away so that it will produce even more fruit. And so the question is, where does the father want to prune you and I? What are the areas of our life that while they may look really good, we're drawing sustenance or we're drawing energy or life from things apart from the vine? Because he doesn't want to just produce one grape. He wants to produce a vineyard through our lives. And I want to tell you, pruning never feels good. Pruning feels painful. Letting go of things is painful. But God says, unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground, it remains only a single seed. But when we are pruned, when we let things go, He comes and He produces and grows so much more in and through our lives. And so as the worship team comes this morning, what are the areas where God wants to prune? Where are the areas in your life where He wants to challenge you afresh to say, will you remain in me, abiding in me, rooted in me, 
Not in the church, not in praying the sinner's prayer, believing that somehow that's all it takes and then I just live my life however I want. No, abide in me, dwell in me in a place of intimacy, in a place where you draw your life from me, the love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control, not by doing more for Jesus, but in me that I would remain in you and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Are there areas in your life where God wants to, to cut back, to reveal where you're letting little shoots go down into other things to draw your life and fruit from? And so we, we're going to uh, sing that only Jesus, let my heart want for nothing. Let my heart want for nothing. That in You, Jesus, only You, Jesus, I would draw my life from. Only You, Jesus, are the reason that I'm here. On Sunday night, just last Sunday, I was called to a hospital in Brisbane where my uncle, my dad's oldest brother, 86 years old, was in his final moments. And my family, my extended family rang me and said, would you come and would you pray with him? Now they're all non-Christians, that whole family. And as I stood beside my uncle's bed, praying with him, praying with the family, I was reminded This is what it comes to. This is what it comes to. Father, in You and You alone is life. In You and You alone is life eternal. Not in the church, not in my good works. In You, King Jesus, in You alone. Father, may I remain in You. And that's my prayer, that we would remain in You, only You. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.